You are listening to The Wonder Podcast. My name is Lisa Clark, and I'm joined here each episode with my co-host, Chrissy Dunham, and we just want to say thanks for tuning in. Have you ever wondered what the Bible has to say about worry and fear? Have you ever wondered how to decorate an odd-shaped room? Have you ever wondered how to make a quiche with a sweet potato crust? Well, you're in the right place because we talk about all the things. If we don't know the answers to some of life's biggest, most wonderful questions, the guests we have on certainly will. So thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Wonder Podcast. Welcome to The Wonder Podcast. Well, if you are joining us today, you need to back up and listen to our intro to 1 John chapter 1, kind of through chapter 2. Right, Lisa? Right. We, we had to finish right in the middle of chapter 2, so... Here we are picking back up. <laughs> we were on a roll. Yeah, so we, we are going to pick up in First John chapter 2, verse 18. So Lisa, why don't you kick us off? Let me do it. Let me read chapter 2, verses 18 through 23 here. Little children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know that is the last hour hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us, but they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar, but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ. He is Antichrist, who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. So here we are, and we're talking about things like the Antichrist now. And let me just back up and and say first that he's basically saying time is short. We don't know when all of this is going to come about. We still don't know. Here we are 2,000 years later, okay? Right. So the Antichrist is coming. People were saying that they were the Antichrist or they were claiming people were Antichrist that were coming into their fellowship and leaving because they realized, well, they're drifting away or whatever. And he's saying, well, they weren't really of us in the first place because right. they wouldn't be doing this. So if they would have truly been with us, they would have remained. But let me read a little bit out of the Holman commentary about the Antichrist, which I thought was kind of interesting information for us. Maybe somebody listening is not truly, you know, doesn't have a grasp on the Antichrist and what that is. But the Antichrist is the arch opponent of God and his Messiah. The term is found only in letters written by John. So he's the only one that talks about the Antichrist, which I think is interesting. John draws on the knowledge that the church at Ephesus apparently had an evil figure called the Antichrist. You've heard that the Antichrist is coming. So he's referring to that. So there's that was an actual person that had been in the church there. So this is likely the person mentioned in 2 Thessalonians as well, who has a a flagrant hatred for the law and makes a blatant claim to deity. He's like, this is the man of lawlessness, the man doomed to destruction, proclaiming himself to be God. Paul says that the day of of the Lord will not come until this man of lawlessness is revealed. That's out of 2 Thessalonians. He deceives many people through a great, through great miracles. He may be the evil figure referred to in Revelation chapter 13. 
when it's referred to him as the beast from the sea, the sea meaning the symbolic gesture of the mass of humanity. So the sea being just all the people. So that would be a beast from all the people. His power comes from Satan. He is, of course, in opposition to Jesus, the Messiah. Jesus will slay him by his breath and the splendor of his coming. That's out of Second Thessalonians and Revelation. So while this evil person will be revealed at some time in the future, the values and and attitudes that drive him were seen in many people, even in John's day. So they were calling people of lawlessness. They were calling people against the Messiah who were powerful people or people that would cause come and cause a ruckus. They were calling them Antichrist, just like, interestingly enough, they call the ones who followed Christ and were showing his attributes, Christians. Okay. So we know Christian means little Christ. And so that's kind of what the talk is. I found that very interesting, Chrissy. What do you think? It is very interesting. You know, I was sitting here thinking, and I don't know if I was just sitting here thinking, I don't know if this is fact or if somebody told me this or if I read this, but that at any time throughout the world, any time frame, there was always somebody that could end up being the Antichrist. Right. So no one knows when the Lord is coming back. There's always someone that fits the bill. So like back in Hitler's day, it said that he could have been the Antichrist because he was so full of hate. Yeah. And there was zero love. So I don't know. I know the Antichrist is real, obviously, yeah. and that we will experience him. You know, we may be here. We may not. Everybody talks about that too. But it's interesting that it's talked about only by John mm-hmm. and in Thessalonians. So yeah. it's something just to be aware of. It's nothing to be scared of. Or, right. Because if you know the truth, you're going to recognize him. Right. I love yeah. that too. That's what they. What's what he says too. You know the truth because why? You've been anointed. That's right. You've been That's anointed. Right. And we've been anointed, those of us who know the truth. And he also said, who is a liar? The one who doesn't believe if you, if you deny the son, you deny God. Right. Wow. I mean, that is a loaded bomb there. Yep. And that verse has always made a lot of people nervous, Sure, but you know, the truth. So I don't even know when you would deny him. You know, I, I just, I always just go back to Peter, you know, when after Jesus died on the cross, where you were with him, you were with him. No, no, not me. No, that wasn't me. Right. And Jesus knew that he was going to deny him. See how easy it is? Yeah. He had just been with him moments. Oh my gosh. Before. I just think about, you know, so much deconstructing of our faith going on right now. So yes. much. Yes. And I am all for deconstructing if it brings you back to Christ. Because you got to know what you know. You want to believe it wholeheartedly. You want to be all in. So get there, right? Right. (laughs) Get there. But man, the further you walk away and allow that space between what you know and what you don't know, man, I just bet it's so much harder to come back after you've been out of fellowship, out of the light, um, not walking in truth. So. Mm. You're either it's either hard or it's easy, and you just can't wait to get back in the fellowship and the right. You run you, back. That's like where the, the joy is, right? Yeah, you run that's back. That's where the like joy the is. That's where the yeah. peace is. That's where the love is. All the things that yeah. he's talking about. Yeah. Okay. Let me wrap up this chapter, chapter two. I'll start in verse twenty-four. What you have heard from the beginning is to remain in you. 
If what you have heard from the beginning remains in you, then you will remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he himself made to us eternal life. I've written these things to you concerning those who are trying to deceive you. As for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you, and you don't need anyone to teach you. Instead, his anointing teaches you about all things and is true and is not a lie, just as it has taught you remain in him. So now, little children, remain in him so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you will know this as well. Everyone who does what is right has been born of him. So he's going back to those commandments again. If you're doing what is right, you know him. You want to please him just like a lot of children want to please a parent or a teacher. You stay within those boundaries. Right. I love the part that says, I have written these things to you concerning those who are trying to deceive you. So he's going back to those false teachers. As you know, as for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you. You don't need anyone to teach you. Lisa, this is why being in the word of God every day is so important. Just you and the Lord. You don't need a commentary. You don't need a Bible study. You don't need anything. Women in Bible study, please don't use your Bible study time to get your lesson done and call it time with the Lord. That is a time of education and a time of study. Your time with the Lord, absolutely. Whatever you're comfortable with, start with the devotion, start with a hymn, start with whatever. But allow the Holy Spirit to teach you, read the word and allow the spirit to teach you because he's the one that knows. There are amazing Bible teachers out there. There are amazing pastors, people that can teach you, but you need to always, always, always go back to the word by yourself and ask the Holy Spirit to teach you because this scripture goes on to say at the end of 27, Instead, his anointing teaching teaches you about what all things and is true and is not a lie. Mm. It's true and it's not. And he will teach you all things. So if you're ever trying to make a decision, you're ever trying to decide, is this right? Is this wrong? If you'll go to the word of God and ask the Holy Spirit to show you, he will. He will give you the answer. And it may not be in words but you will find it in the word of God and you will know for sure that this is it because the Holy Spirit is active and he's your counselor. He's your helper. And John's reminding them, hey, you know this, you've got this. So don't fall for these false teachers because you know the truth. The Holy Spirit has taught you. And if you don't think, you know, ask and the Holy Spirit will tell you. So good, Chrissy. And that was just a great word about Bible study. I mean, how many times have we sat down to do Bible study and basically just filled in a bunch of blanks and didn't get anything out of it? I'm so guilty of that, you know, and so, so that's just a great word. That's just a great word. You know, I mean, and how many times have we sat down to do Bible study and haven't even opened our Bible? Exactly. Just read read the manual. That's my other pet peeve. (laughs) Yes. The only thing I would add about for this last part, of the of chapter 
too, is that our actions represent our heart for God. Yes. And so we want to stay close to him so we will represent him well. We're different. You know, he says, you're anointed, you're different, you're set apart. And our actions, our lives should represent that. Amen. And so are we talking, you know, are are we talking truth to people? Are we talking in love? Are we giving back money that was given to us wrongly? Are we letting people get in front of us? Are we just servants in this world, loving people, loving God's people? Or are we, are we just a train wreck on the other side? You know, that's right. And they'll know we are Christians by our love. Remember that old hymn? They will. They will. Okay. Well, let's move on to chapter three and let me read chapter three in a nutshell here because, um, it's good stuff too. We are, we are getting through first John here. Okay. Love it. God's love for us is great. Indeed. Those who hope to see God purify themselves, even as he is pure, the person who is born of God will not continue to live in sin. Rather, he should love his brothers as Jesus laid down his life for us. So we should lay down our lives for one another, loving, not in words, but in deeds. Okay. So here we go. <laughs> Here we go. That is good, strong, powerful scripture. And so let's kind of, let's work our way through it. So let me go ahead and read. Let me see. I'll read verses one through nine here. Behold, I'm in chapter three of first John. Behold, what manner of love the father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God and it has not yet been revealed what we will be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Those first three verses, by the way, just side note, are prayers I prayed for my daughters. Those Mm. first three, three. that's just a great little clump of prayers to pray over your kid, you know? Okay. Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness and sin is lawlessness. And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins and in him, there is no sin. Whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous just as he is righteous. He who sins is of the devil for the devil is sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whoever has been born of God does not sin for his seed remains in him and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. Okay. He's writing here to the church. We know these are the Christians in Ephesus and let's just continue to call them new believers. This is the first century church, right? Right. So this is, what do we say? It was written around 60 AD. AD. So these Mm -hmm. are new believers. And we talked about this at our Bible study today, as we were talking about Hebrews. These people have come from a culture and a religion and a lifestyle of the law. Okay. They've been under this yoke. And so now they're under the, the yoke of Christ. They're under freedom and they believe but don't you know the pullback was just tremendous? Yes. It had to be just tremendous. And so then you got all the naysayers in there blown, thrown into the mix. So it was hard on them to stay strong. So he's he's sending this letter, the second 
I mean, the the, the first le- letter still, and he's reminding them of who they are. He's reminding them of what it looks like to be a blessed believer following Christ. A great word for purity, you know, how to stay clean in this world. What Christ is the one that purifies us. We can do nothing to purify ourselves. So it's Christ that has done this and will continue to do this work in our hope is in him. So in verses four through nine, we start hearing about the sin, you know, and the sin which separates us. And can you be a Christian and still sin? Well, we know the answer to that. Right. Yes. <laughs> you and I can give a resounding yes. Yes. And amen. Yeah. We're, we're sinners. And as long as we're in this skin, we will sin. Okay. Now we're talking, we've already mentioned it a few times, but we're talking about habitual a lifestyle of sin, because I know, I mean, we've got as believers, we have the Holy Spirit and you know, immediately your heart is pricked and you feel a tinge of guilt or of conviction when you gossip about someone or when you tell a lie or when you're not kind, all of those, this is, we know the Holy Spirit's walking with us when we have that, you know, if you don't have that, that is a concern. That's a heart checkup. Okay. Mm -hmm. He's saying that the lifestyle, just like the first two chapters have been saying, there should be a difference in our lives. And if we continue down the road of sin and we avoid the road to righteousness, and we're not trying to keep that in check. And as Carmen likes to tell, tell us out of the old Testament, the scripture says sin is crouching at your door, right? That's right. It wants in bad. If we continue Mm -hmm. to let it in, then we're in darkness. Yes. But if we are keeping it in check and immediately confessing it and trying not to do it again, repentance means going in the opposite direction. Okay. So we're, you know, we do that. We're like, oh man, you know, I messed up today. Thank the Lord. I get a day do do over tomorrow because that I'm not going to let that be a part of my life anymore. And we, and we make a, you know, cognizant effort, not in our own flesh, but realizing that the power of God in us, he wants to rule and reign in our hearts and lives. And so when we keep that sin away, we, we keep it outside our house, not in us, then we're in the light and we're walking right. in the light and our, and our testimony cannot be destroyed. And we are living for Christ and there will be fruit growing there. So he's trying to, to, to remind them of that. We, right. we long to please God and defeat our sin. It's, you know, so. What do you, what do you have about all of that? The the thing that I have is that I know in my life, I've had sins that I have struggled with that you just can't shake them. They just come back again yes. and again and again. Yes. And then you get to a point where you're like, I can't do this anymore. I just, I'm disappointing myself. I know I'm disappointing God. I've got to get a grip on this and you yeah. just absolutely wipe it out of your life. Yeah. And whatever's causing you to do it, you finally just stop. Yeah, because it's not worth it anymore, right? And you know them. It's like you're saying the minute you do it, you know it's wrong. But then, how easily we forget the next time around, you know? Yeah. And even though it may not be called a sin, you know, scrolling on your phone for hours and hours and hours. Yeah, idol. Yes, it's an idol, right? It's a. It has become an idol, and it's over overcoming your life. And I'm guilty of that. Yeah, I've done that. Charlie will be watching something on TV I'm not interested in, and I'll just scroll. And it's such a waste of time. Right. And I have put that before other things. And I finally, I've just had to put my phone away 
And now there's certain times of the day, I don't even look at it. I put it up. I used to get up in the morning and check it before I started my time with the Lord. I don't do that anymore. It doesn't even come out. Doesn't even come out. So I have to put it away. It has to be, you know, certain times I get it out and that's it because I'm not strong enough to handle it. And that's just, you know, an easy one. Yeah. Uh, And I know many of our listeners may struggle with something bigger, but I promise you the power of the Holy Spirit can help you with that because you are victorious over that sin. Amen. Whatever it is, whatever it is, Christ died for that. We've got the power. That's right. All right, Lisa, let me read the rest of chapter three. Okay. For this is the message you have heard from the beginning. We should love one another, unlike Cain, who was one of the evil ones and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his deeds were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love our brothers and sisters. The one who does not love remains in death. Everyone who hates his brother or sister is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. This is how we have come to know love. He laid down his life for us. We should also lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has this world's goods and sees a fellow believer in need, but withholds compassion from him, how does God's love reside in him? Little children, do not love in word or speech, but love in action and in truth. This is how we will know that we belong to the truth and will reassure our hearts before him. Whenever our hearts condemn us, for God is greater than our hearts and he knows all things. Dear friends, if our hearts don't condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive whatever we ask from him because we keep his commands and do what is pleasing to his sight. Now, this is his command that we believe in the same name, his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he has commanded us. The one who keeps his commands remains in him and he in him. And the way we know that he remains in us is from the spirit he has given us. So this is all about the love. Verse 18, little children, let us not love in word or speech, but in action and truth. So love is the defining mark of God's people, a true Christian cannot profess to love God without pursuing, like you said earlier, authentic and enduring relationships with others. That is what the Christian life is all about. The love of the church should model the love of God. And who is the church? It's made up of people. So the genuine love that a Christian shows is an indication of the authenticity of their relationship with God. So Lisa, we are called to love well. And like you said earlier, it's messy. It takes time. It takes a lot of effort. It is a self-sacrificing love. And the more things that I'm around right now, I don't see a lot of self-sacrificial love. Mm. I see a lot of selfishness. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's because we've fallen in love with the world. I think the world makes things easy and the world has given us a lot of conveniences. We get on our phone and we can order groceries and they'll be at our door in 30 minutes. You know, we we have 
we have all these conveniences and it's made our lives easier, but yet it's made it just a little selfish that we don't have a lot of self-sacrificial love. And I love that you see it in the church. Of course, you and I have seen it in a time of crisis. In fact, someone not long ago just wrote on Facebook, I am overwhelmed by my church and what they did to serve us. And you hear that over and over and over. And that is what the church is supposed to be known for. And that takes time and that takes effort. But the enemy wants us to be selfish. The enemy wants to think, wants us to think about us and not others. But yet in the old Testament and in the new Testament, God made it very, very clear that the main commandment that he requires is to love him with all you got and to love others. Yeah. And when it's that simple, we are the ones that make it complicated. And the other thing we do, Lisa, and I'm speaking to myself too, is we load our calendar so heavy, whether it's kids sports or grandparenting things that you do, or all the things that we're involved in, that you leave no space to show God's love to someone in a crisis, or if something happens, or you get a phone call, because your life is so jam-packed that you don't even have room for that. So God's not going to choose you because you're too busy. Mm. And I don't want him to overlook me. Yeah, I do not want him to overlook me. So my message is to simplify your life and to to sacrifice. Let's not all be so selfish. Let's sacrifice this love. When you think about all that God did and that's what John's trying to tell this church is like, look what all has been done for you. Right. Look what all has been done for you. And the Lord's just asking you to love and to love well, like he does. Beautifully said, Chrissy, very convicting. These are all heart issues, right? all heart issues. And it always goes back to our hearts. Three points of this chapter that were made was anyone who has the hope of seeing Jesus purifies himself, even as Jesus is pure. The second one is love one another. And the third is obey God's commands. Mm -hmm. And that is the Christian life. And we, man, we can complicate it. (laughs) We can surely complicate it, make it about, make it about a lot of other things and add on. And, Mm -hmm. and um, it's freeing when we can just look at it that way. Okay. We're going to have to stop here. We are still making our way through first John. So there will be a part three for first John and, but we're going to get that done. So tune in in a couple of weeks for the conclusion of First John. Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of The Wonder Podcast. We are thrilled that you've spent this time with us. Just want to say thank you. We also want to make sure you're aware that we have another podcast called Raising Sinners. It's on the Christian Parenting Network. And we would love for you to join us there, too. If you've got kiddos or know someone who does, check us out at Raising Sinners, the podcast for parents. And lastly, Chrissy and I also want to just thank those of you who have been so generous to support our podcast ministry. If you're interested in doing that, we would love for you to go to ChrissyDunham.org and click on the party table. You can make any size donation and all of those proceeds go to help us with our podcast ministry. So if you've done that before, we thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you'd like to check it out, please do. So God bless you. And thanks again for listening to this episode of The Wonder Podcast. Mm -hmm.